Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. This is Pamela McNamara sitting in with Mike this morning. And uh, just a reminder, we'd like to give a shout out to the Marshfield Food Pantry. In these difficult times, many families rely on this community resource. Please help them out with a donation of food or money. Send your tax-deductible donation to the Marshfield Food Pantry, P.O. Box 1907, Marshfield 02050. Or drop off your donations at their uh, location in the Library Plaza in downtown Marshfield. And also visit them the Marshfield Pantry, marshfieldfoodpantry.org. Just a little reminder, this is a call-in talk radio show, and if you'd like to give us a call with a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. The number is 781-837-4900. And now back to Mike. All righty, folks, this is a show on asset allocation, and if you don't know what that is, that's a really good reason for staying with us for the next 90 minutes or so. the, the way we work the show is we try to cut it up into four half-hour segments so that uh, when we post it on our website, if there's a certain half-hour that caught your attention, you don't have to wade through two hours of a show to get there. So anyway, so this is uh, podcast number two. I think that's the official terminology there when you put it on our website. Okay, and and the, the general title of this is we're talking big picture stuff for asset allocation. Okay. Uh, by the way, the the other 
two big big sections are the details. We'll get into that in the next half an hour. And then the last section is questions you ask yourself about asset allocation, okay? So we're going to kind of, the plan is we're going to kind of go through the balance of the big picture stuff in the next half an hour or so. Uh, and let's let's hope that plan works, but you, you never can tell. I kind of refuse to rush things if it doesn't fit perfectly. Uh, no, we don't uh, have vast editing skills and spend 27 hours a day getting ready for a radio show, but we'll try to make it work for you folks as best we can. So, all right, fire away, dear. What's your next question here? Why asset allocation? Give well, us a good reason to do this. Yeah, we, t- we, we mentioned that uh, in a few different possibilities early in the last segment, but uh, let me kind of skip down the list here. So it's an organized plan, okay? I honestly believe that if you have a plan, regardless of what percentage you've got here, what percentage we've got there, if you have a plan... Okay, where you own, and let's go back to the five 20% pieces in our investment pie, because that's easy. If you're going to own 20% of five different asset classes, there's a pretty good chance that over the long run, your return is going to be the average of those five asset classes over the long run. That's kind of how the plan is, okay? So if any plan is better than no plan, let me be really clear about that, and that's what asset allocation is, okay? Uh, And hopefully, it's a plan that's appropriate for your circumstances that you don't mess with, okay? So so why? Because it's a plan, okay? Number two, it is a diversification. It does lower risk. Let's see. If you've got five 20% pieces in your portfolio, okay, uh, and one of those pieces, let me do some math here. One of those pieces is the U.S. stock market, okay? And if the U.S. stock market temporarily goes down by half, well, let's see. Your whole portfolio is down 10%. Right. If if four other pieces okay. stay the same and one piece goes down half, so being down ten percent, trust me, is a lot less scary than being down fifty percent temporarily. So it does spread out the risk, and because the vast majority of folks listening to us are not knowledgeable about or are afraid of stock markets and investing, having a plan that lowers the risk to some level is a pretty darn good one, kind of given the circumstances, okay? You, you can almost, well, you can, you can almost pick your risk and your return. We have portfolios we use in our business, and they're like a whole lot of other portfolios. I mean, there's zillions of, of models. Oh, okay. now. oh, you know, you go to this place or that place, and so everybody has these asset allocation models. And, and I will tell you, that having one of them is any one of them is probably better than having no plan whatsoever. It's it's, it's pretty uncomplicated. Okay. But you know, it, you know, let let's let me do this. Really. So it so it it lowers your risk because at any one time you you may just have one or two pieces that are down. That, that's correct. And also, time doesn't time lower your risk? Uh, yeah. Okay. Or but eases it, your risk. Yeah. And the other thing is that. You know, when things go down, it's always temporary. Things things okay. go back up. So, so if you're comfortable with that, you're just waiting for things. You know, well, let's see. The bad pieces aren't doing so well, but I know they're going to do better. Oh, the good pieces are doing great, but I know they're going to do worse. Well, 
that's the deal, folks, because you admitted that you didn't know the future when you had the plan. That was the whole idea. Okay. All right. So, you know, we, you know. But aren't you supposed to know the future? N- n- no. <laughs> I- 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 right. If I told people Nobody I knew knows. the future, I'd have no clients because I'm pretty stupid. Okay. We, you know, we can plan for the future and be prepared oh, for it. Okay. But we can't know it. You okay? can plan for it and be prepared for it. I it took like me 30 that. years to figure that out. Yes, no, just I kidding. like that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so let me give you an example. Uh, you know, we think that if you get very lucky with uh, stocks for the rest of your life, you're in about maybe 7 or 8 or 9%. Okay. So let me use 8 Okay, that's just a okay. guess from Mike McNamara. Okay, we think that if you earn 3 or f- 3% on your bonds, 2 3 4% on your bonds for the rest of your life, that's about right for what we think bonds are going to do. That's our guess. So let's see. So if stocks do 8 and bonds do 4 and you got a 50-50, hmm, I'm thinking you're probably going to get a 6. Okay? So you can pick your risk, the excitement, but you don't know what stocks are going to, you know, maybe stocks return 12, maybe they return 4, maybe bonds return 10, maybe they return 1. So if you have those investments, the only thing that you can hope for is that you get your share of whatever their returns are going to be. We can guess about their returns, but we don't know. But whatever those pieces give you, you're going to get your share of that return, and let's hope it's close to what we think it is. That, that's all. But if it's not, as long as you've got your money's worth out of your portfolio, if stocks are in three for the rest of your life and bonds are in three for the rest of your life, and you got three out of your portfolio, it worked. You know, you, 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 know, you right. can hope you can earn this in stocks, but you don't know over the long run sort of a thing. So, so you can sort of pick your risk because you know, the, the volatility, the up and downness. You really don't get to pick your return. You get to hope for your return is maybe the best way to say that. Okay. Uh, And the the, uh, people are either not – okay, I'll put people into three categories, potential investors. Folks who kind of think they know what's going on, those are not our clients, okay, Uh, Folks who uh, who pay attention to their investments, but somewhat, and then fa- folks who don't pay much attention to their investments. And I'll just deal with the last two. Okay. okay. If you have an asset allocation strategy, we mentioned this earlier. If you kind of check it every once in a while and look at the individual pieces and stuff, you'll probably make yourself crazy, and you'll probably try to change the plan and get cute about sure. it, sort of a thing. Yes. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. So, so we kind of have to. We don't have a high percentage of those folks because. You know, it's a self-selecting kind of a prophecy. If, you're, okay. if folks need help, they come into a financial advisor's place. But, but we have a few people we have to remind about stuff once in a while. But most folks, we have to remind them what they have and how it's working. And, and honestly, if you've got a good plan and a good advisor, you should know what's going on. But you shouldn't right. look or worry about it too much sort of right. thing. And also, I think you'd have to remember as a client that you participated in in the formation of this plan, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, just something it, it, that was handed to you. Yeah, and, and that's another piece. Uh, you know, th- that's another piece. Uh, I learned a long time ago that when somebody walks in the office that you never met and says, so-and-so referred me to you, I trust you, just do what you want. That's, that's okay. danger, danger, Will Robinson sort of a thing. Okay, okay. everybody needs to have a general understanding of what's going on with their money, okay? Uh, and, and we spend more time reminding people about what's going on. You know, people end up trusting you over a long enough sure. period of time. But, but you know, everybody needs to kind of know what's going on generically. 
but you can hurt yourself if you pay too much attention to it, folks. I'm, I'm just sorry. That's just kind of the way it is, okay? So, so asset allocation, having that plan, okay, protects people from themselves, okay? And by the way, in my opinion, most investors behave very poorly. I wouldn't call them investors. That's what they're called on the, in the media. But most people who have investments do the wrong thing at the wrong time and hurt themselves. Uh, and that's, that's just kind of the way it is. Okay, so, so the other, you know, why asset allocation, it's about as, so it works for the masses. It's a wonderful thing. I think it's terrific. By the way, it wasn't until maybe 10 years ago that many 401k plans actually had investment pies. It was preset allocations really? that people could pay. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is all like new stuff. Well, it's been around for forever, but the, the retail oh. investment world is finally getting around to how it should really work sort of a thing, which is great. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's again, it's close to... If I have a plan, the only thing you have to do about it is kind of have it rebalanced from time to time and kind of maybe take a peek at the pieces that you have and how they're working. That's okay. It's what you have an advisor for, or most people. Uh, and, you know, and honestly, this is going to sound weird, but you have a whole lot less of a chance of having a bad investment advisor if you have a good investment plan. Okay, uh, if, if, if you walk into an advisor's office and they've got, you know, solid plans, whether they're a good advisor or a bad advisor and can help you with this, that, or the other thing, as long as you've got a good plan, that's worth that's worth the deal from, from my point of view sort of a thing. So that's kind of the, the why. They're just kind of, kind of good deals. Okay? Okay. Okay. So, all right. So you talked about how there are all these asset allocation plans out there now, but where are they coming from? Magic. Who, who, ma- who makes them up? <laughs> yeah, magic. Okay. <laughs> they're magic. <laughs> um, well... Let's see. Uh, th- these are very involved, uh, intricate, fancy, in computer-generated investment logarithms. I think that's a whole lot of math put together. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, you know, how do you, you know, let's see. Here are my pieces. We've got stocks. We've got bonds. We've got real estate and cash. So I'll just make that up. So, you know, how do we... How do we know what percentage of stocks we should put in this? You know, people, there, there are different plans. You know, we have five different basic asset allocation models in okay. our business. And they go from like 20% stocks up to 100% stocks. Okay, well, you could have 5 million. But, you know, f- four, okay. five, or six is probably the number that most investment advisors have. I think if you get much below, much more than 8 or 10, you just thrilled with yourself about making our pretty models, to be perfectly honest with you. But if you have those basic categories, so in our 40% stock category, you know, what stock should we put in there? What, what international, you know, so, so you, you have these very fancy detailed computers that look back at the historical performances of the different categories that you might put in your stock fund, that you might put in your bond category, okay? Uh, and, and they look backwards in time and say, well, hey, you should have mixed them this way, you know, up through yesterday afternoon, okay? <laughs> so so, so here, here's the funny part. Well, so if, you, if, you, if I was to sit down, this is not my uh, area of knowledge, folks, and develop a logarithm and start doing this, by the way, People can go online now and play around with this themselves now. It's getting oh. so scary. But anyway, okay, if I would say, 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 Mr. Logarithm, uh, 
what stocks should I put in my stock portfolio, my stock piece of the portfolio, what kinds of stocks to get the best return? It's going to say emerging market stocks. All right. So, so if I push that button, okay, with 20, my 20% is emerging market stocks, and I do the same thing with the other pieces, that's going to be like the best possible return. But today, well, yeah, today, but it comes with a lot of excitement because emerging market stocks are like the wild and woolly area of the stock world. Well, so then the next thing I'm going to say is, well, I've got this great logarithm that says I should have all my stock money in emerging market stocks, but uh, I got a funny feeling that a whole lot of people aren't going to be comfortable with that because uh, the volatility that comes along with it, they might not stay in the portfolio long enough, you know, to go out and go out and do that. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm going to constrain, okay, the percentage of my stock piece, say the 20%, that's going to be in emerging market stocks. So I just made a guess. Oh, I, I, let's see, people, now nah, let's, let's only have, of the 20% piece, let's not have any more than 5% in emerging markets because it's too scary. So, so my, my point is that there's a whole lot of high-end math that go into these, <laughs> but you, you still got people making guesses about either what things are going to do or what people can deal with, you know, inside oh, that see. portfolio. From, by the way, it's better than a stick in the eye, okay, and it's great to have a plan, but you have to have a little dose of reality. Um, I, I know a number of advisors who create their own. We're, we're asset managers at McNamara Financial. We have models that were created by some people a lot smarter than ourselves, and we use them, and we're we're very clear about that. Okay, we, we're we're not okay money managers that develop fancy strategies. There are very smart people who can do that, and and we pay them for that sort of a thing. But there are lots of advisors who take pride in developing their own strategies. You know, good luck with that. That's not us, and and we'd rather hire people smarter than us. So anyway, so so those are. Uh, you know, the, the, the logarithms and the plans, they're terrific and they're better than no plan, but there are some differences and you just kind of have to be be careful about that. Okay. Um, okay. I, I think I'm done on that. Section. Oh, okay. I have a question. Which, yeah. um, so sometimes you talk about just buying um, a mutual fund that just mimics the market. And you'll just never, you know, you just do what the market does. So are those kinds of things in an asset allocation portfolio? Yes, okay. And we're going to talk about that in our next half an hour. But the the short answer is that there are some investments that try to beat a market. Okay, those are called active investments that are managed to try to do better than the Dow Jones. And there are some investments that try to mimic the market. Those are called index funds or index ETFs okay. sort of and a thing. And they can so, go into Yeah, an yeah. And, and by the way, the, the, the other short answer to that question uh, is that, well, am I going to put individual stocks in there? Am oh, I yeah. going to put uh, mutual funds? Am I going to put exchange-traded funds? Am I going to be active or am I going to be passive? So stay tuned for that. Stay That's, tuned. Uh, yeah, I understand. I understand. Okay. All right. So next question. All right. Does asset allocation relate to how much money you have? Oh, I like that question. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little, 
but not much. How's that for an official answer? Okay, okay. So, so. So there's an asset allocation plan for everybody. Yeah, there's an asset allocation plan. Okay, you, know, you can go uh, to your retirement plan at work. Uh, and somewhere there, there's probably five or six very pretty multicolored pies that are investment choices. And, <clears throat> you know, you go through a little questionnaire and they say, oh, you should have the moderate pie. And the moderate pie consists of 50% stocks and okay. 50% other stuff sort of a thing. So, so, um, so that's good. Well, you know, because of the way the world is, you can put $100 a month into that pie and divide it into five, you know, $20 investments. Terrific. So, so, so no, I mean, the costs have come down, you know, limits of the investments used to see, hey, you can't join our mutual fund unless you start with $1,000 or whatever, this, that. That's pretty much gone by the wayside in the last few years. So anybody... Okay, it's certainly through their retirement plan at work, and and by, and by the way, through many you know, other areas, you can literally get started with a, a really cool cool plan for some really short money, and and that's truly a wonderful thing. Okay, um, I'll amend that a little bit. Okay, so in our practice, um, you know, let's assume that you have the moderate strategy, and our <clears throat> moderate balance strategy is about 60% stock stuff and about 40% bond stuff sort of a thing, okay? So if, if you have that strategy, okay, well, we have uh, a small, medium, and large 60-40 strategy, okay? Uh, if you've got a relatively small chunk of money, to invest, maybe you have five pieces in your investment pie. Okay, if you have a, some more money, maybe we have six or seven. Maybe we can make it a little bit more refined pie, if you know what I mean. Yes. So, so we, so we have a in all three of our, uh, in all five of our models, we kind of have a small, medium, and large. The small piece has maybe four or five. The large piece maybe has 14 or 15, okay? Uh, and Because you can get a little bit more cute or a little bit more refined or a little bit more diversified. So you can break down, like say, not just say, okay, 40% is in stocks. You can yeah. break down that yeah. stock yeah. 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 Into, exactly. into other categories. Maybe this kind of stock and that kind right. of stock. Okay. So, yeah. so by the way, that may be good or bad, but it's, it's doable sort okay. of a thing. And, and, and we think to a point that makes some sense. You know, I've seen portfolios of 25 and 30 pieces. Well, <clears throat> if if you have 25 pieces in your portfolio, on average, they're each 4%. If one of them is going to scream, how much is 4% going to move your portfolio? I mean, so there's a, oh, there's okay. a whole other oh, okay. science about how many pieces should be in your pie oh, sort of a thing. Okay, yeah. But the, the short answer is anybody, thank God, these days can get into these. Okay. Uh, if you have larger chunks of money, you may have more pieces. But like anything else, to a certain extent, that's okay. But then after that, you're just into fluff or marketing or advertising. You think you're really smart. And that, that's not where we come from in, in, our, in our practice here. Okay. So okay with that? Any questions on that to follow up? No, no, I was just thinking about All that. I want to yeah. spend a little. So, okay, so with, with more and more pieces... You might be limiting the downside, but you're also limiting the upside. There you go. Or said differently, if you have five thousand dollars 
it's tough to cut five thousand dollars into a fifteen piece portfolio okay. and make it meaningful. You know, so yes, maybe five pieces are much more meaningful. So okay. yeah, there, there's a connection to the money, yeah. but it just goes down to the number of pieces, not necessarily limiting dollar amounts of minimum investment, stuff like that. Okay. All right. Okay. Last question. But by the way, but like this is on time. Our podcast number two here, the big picture. Oh. I think we're actually going to finish this. So go ahead. Hurry up. Okay. So are there? Hurry up. Hurry up. I got five <laughs> minutes. Okay. That's right. You talk a lot. Are there different asset <laughs> allocation <laughs> strategies? It's never a problem here on it, the show. It, it's radio. Having Michael Phil It's radio. I'm sorry. What are there tell? different asset allocation strategies? This is not like life. We have fixed time here, dear. Okay. Anyway. So, okay. I'm going to get technical for the first time in about an hour here. Okay. Uh, g- g- generally speaking, when it comes to asset allocation, your mixture, one can approach it strategically or one can approach it tactfully. Okay. Tactfully. Tactical. I'm sorry. Tactical. Yes. So strategic versus tactical. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so a strategic asset allocation is based on a logarithm, some math, with very long-term returns in, they put in the math. And here, here's what you do. Here, here, are the, here are the six pieces of your portfolio. You stick with these pieces forever and these percentages. And if you do it long enough, you'll probably get the return range you're hoping for. You'll probably get the level of excitement you're hoping for. You just hang in there and you don't mess with it. So a strategic asset allocation is a long-term plan that you don't mess with, and the only thing you do is rebalance it from time to time to keep it in its initial proportions. Okay with that? Yes. Okay, pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, Because in the investment world, we're always trying to invent new things to seem smarter so we can impress our clients or whatever. Okay, uh, uh, a, a thing that's called tactical asset allocation has come into play. And by the way, we do some of this, okay? And so, so what does that mean? So let's assume that the long-term plan that you're talking about says 15% of your money is going to be in the U.S. stock market. Okay. If we had a tactical approach, okay, we might look out into the future, getting dangerous here, and say, you know, we think U.S. stocks are going to relatively suck wind for the next five years, you know, because we're at an all-time high and we do whatever, but for whatever reason. Okay. So instead of sticking with that long-term plan, we're going to reduce that U.S. stock piece from 15 to 10 because we don't think they're going to do well for the next X amount of years. And we're going to take that 5% piece and go stick it someplace else that we think will do well. So when you're being tactical, you modify that long-term plan a little. Okay, well, you could modify it a lot, but, but you know, we use research we buy to do this, folks. We're not inventing okay. this, okay? But anyway, with a tactical plan you might get a little cute about the long-term plan and make some adjustments about some things, okay? And if, if you happen to be right, you might squeeze out a little bit more return than the strategic plan. By the way, if you happen to be right, 
you might get the same return with less risk. If you happen to be wrong, you, you'll be a little worse off. Remember, if you if you do tactical with little adjustments, that's okay. If you do it with big adjustments, now you're just getting back to predicting the future and you're getting away from the fact that you have a plan. So so we, we use third-party research, and for most of our portfolios, we're a little tactical. Okay, um, But, you know, folks, the, the jury is still out on that long run, too, to be perfectly honest with you, sort of a thing. So, okay. so kind of, you know, do you have a strategic portfolio where it's in place forever? Uh, okay, or is it somewhat tactical where somebody is making some value judgments about the size of the pieces, you know, maybe maybe we'll shrink this piece a little bit and make one bigger for the next just few years. Sort of so, tweak things. Yeah, as sort you... of tweak. Yeah, tweak's a good word. Yeah, sort of a okay. thing. So, so just that's just kind of what, what's out there these days, folks, given the circumstances. So you know, pl- pl- plain and simple. I think I think we did this pretty well here. So can can you? We got about a minute. Can you think of any other follow up questions that aren't um, on script before we take a break here? <laughs> No, I was just thinking. You know, we were we were so into football. You know, okay. we were, oh, this whole season. So yeah. I'm thinking, oh, follow the plan. So they always talking about they have a plan for the game. There and you this go. is what they're going to do. And, there you go. But then they might have to change it based on circumstances yeah. a little bit. A, a little you tactical. Know, yeah. A little tactical. <laughs> Good analogy. What do they call it? Situational football. Yeah. 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 Versus there. Plan. Well, you so know, if you, we know Belichick's great at both. If you watch the NFL channel 12 hours a day, babe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, congratulations, Patriots, and I think we should yes. probably take a break. We should. <laughs> 